Hey you guys, this is Mimi with Spooks and Crimes with my co-host JB. Um, alright, so we're just gonna go ahead and jump into them. We'll we'll do our little um uh, informational type things at the end. Uh so basically this story is about Ray and Faye Copeland. What a weird combination, Ray and Faye. So Ray and Faye uh, were elderly serial killers. They were convicted of killing at least five people. Or I'm sorry, convicted of killing five people. Ray was born in Oklahoma in 1914, and Faye was born in Arkansas in 1921. In 1939, Ray was in jail for a year for scamming people out of his out of their money and their property. In 1940, Ray met Faye, and they they would get married and then have some kids <laughs> and move to Arkansas. I put some kids because some that was the thing that changed the most. Some people, some of the stories always said they had one kid. Others said five kids. Oh. Some said six kids. Oh. So they have somewhere between one and six kids. So I just like, I'll put some. <laughs> right? Okay. Um, and then they moved to Arkansas. Uh, Ray was writing bad checks at auctions for livestock. He would get banned, banned from buying. buying livestock so that he would have to hire drifters to work, work on his farm. Oh, no. Yeah, so oh, so basically because his money kept bouncing, the word yeah. got around and they were like, yeah, we yeah, don't so, want So more. he was hiring drifters and setting them up with stuff so they could buy livestock. So he didn't have to. Yeah, fall back on them. Yeah. Ray would set up checking accounts for them so that he could buy the livestock with their, with their, bad, with their bad checks. Uh, by the time the checks had bounced, the cattle was already resold, and Ray... He would fire the help. So basically, he's like, hey, you, use your money to go get this livestock, no, and then when their it's, money... It's Ray's money. So Ray would use his... He would take them to go set up a P.O. box so they can get a checking account. He would use his own money to have them buy the cat for the cow and to buy the cattle. And then um, he knew the check was going to bounce, but he was selling the, the cattle for more money. So that's how he was getting his money in. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the Copeland family would move to Missouri and they would hire homeless people to help them out of the farm. Out at the farm. Sorry. Ray would have them open you just explained yeah. it. Ray would have them open a PO box and a checking account, and he would take them to multiple livestock auctions to buy cattle. Ray was hiring, so-called hiring, um, one person at a time, and when he was done with them, he would move on to the next person. Very sneaky. <laughs> Ray and Faye went to great lengths to avoid any association with their victims. Sorry, I'm going to choke on my spit. <laughs> um, 57-year-old Jack 
McCormick worked on the farm. Ray said he didn't like how Jack bought the cattle. So Jack was over Ray. He was, yeah, he was over Ray. And Jack asked Ray to close his checking account. I'm, I'm like, I'm confused. Like, I don't go to auctions to buy animals, but it's like, he would wait for like the highest amount and be like, okay, finally sold. Like for one yeah, cow, you're, like, you're paying $3,000. Like, like, you know, $10 for this. 20 30 And if you're like, no one comes up, 30 going once, going twice, sold $30. So I can Right, right. Okay. Um, August 9th, 1989, Ray asked Jack into the barn to help locate a raccoon. Uh, them sneaky raccoons. <laughs> um, Jack noticed that the tractor was backed up to the barn and he saw a shovel and a piece of plastic. When he turned around, he saw Ray with a 22 caliber rifle pointed at him. And then Jack managed to get Ray to take him to town. What? Like, within that split second? No, I mean, it was, like, off for a little bit. Like, he had a point in that, and then he managed to, like, talk. Hey, I know you want to shoot me right now, but I really need to go to Walmart. I need to hit this dollar store because you should see their clearance aisle right now. Like, <laughs> we really need to go. <laughs> um... So then Jack refused to go back to the farm for his stuff, and he was able to just walk away from them. And then Jack called a local crime stopper and told them on August 6, 1989, he was walking behind the barn when he saw a human skull and bones sticking out from the ground. Jack would end up getting arrested for, his, for the bad checks, and he told the police about his experience on the farm. The police were able to obtain a search warrant for the farm, and he oh, and they found a piece of paper inside a pol Polaroid camera case. Whoa, that was like such a hard line for me to say. Um, <laughs> uh, so he got a piece of paper as a Polaroid camera case that had a list of names. Some had back or an X next to their names written in Bay's handwriting. Oh shit. <laughs> um the police was the police also discovered two pasture rental agreements in the name of two of their murdered victims, Wayne Warner and Dennis Murphy. They found several swallow graves where shallow, shallow <laughs> whoa um where Ray and Fee had been seen. They found Dennis Murphy chained to a 40-pound concrete block at the bottom of the well. Oh, damn, they threw that man in a well? See, now, this is the thing that confused me, because they tried to say, um, and I don't know how true it is, they said that Jack killed um, Dennis. Dennis. Because I was thinking, how does, because Ray's in his late 70s, how would... How was like that's a lot of I'm not saying he couldn't do it. I'm just saying like that's a, a grown ass man you push him in the well with concrete stuff connected to your feet. Like Well, if you're caught off guard, you know what I mean? I mean did did I'm just um, Dennis, Dennis was know already, at this Dennis time. Was already dead at this point. 
when he goes in the well, he's already dead. Oh. Yeah, he gets shot. So Dennis, oh, they're yeah, just yeah. trying to hide the body. Okay. But some, yeah, some of the reports said like Jack did it, but a lot of them pointed back to Ray did it. So I'm a, one of them did it. But anyways, poor oh. Dennis Pepper. That's all we know for. Poor Dennis. So there was five murder victims. Twenty-one-year-old uh, Paul Jason Cowart. That's what I thought it was. Twenty-seven-year-old uh, John Freeman. Twenty-seven-year-old Jimmy Dale Harvey, Harvey, and Wayne Warner, and Dennis Murphy. Well, damn, they they like their victims kind of young, didn't they? All up in their early, their late. Well, I can't say early, but their late twenties. The poor babies. They're so young, they still had a life to live. <laughs> Their autopsies revealed that they died from shotgun wounds to the head. One bullet recovered recovered was positively identified as being fired from a twenty two caliber rifle at the Copeland's land home. They also found that phase that Faye created a quill out of the dead men's clothing. So what, you just blow their head off, strip them, and then fucking make blankets <laughs> out of their clothes no. and then drop their body down the well? Because some of them had clothes with them. Oh, okay. Because I really, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that's, I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm hoping that's what it was and not like, yeah, that's some motherfucking Texas chainsaw <laughs> That's that's as soon as I read that, that's what my fucking mind went to. I'm like, oh my gosh, they just like blow his head off and they strip him and throw him down the well and use his clothes into a blanket. What's wrong with you guys? Like, you're already fucked up. That's like fucked up. Okay, chainsaw. Like, <laughs> um, they also found that they create. Oh, nope. They, I already read that. Sorry. They tried to say that she knew nothing about the murders. And she was suffering from battered woman syndrome. Really, bitch? Really? <laughs> okay. That, that, like, right. You, I'm sorry. You, wrote, that, you that, wrote stuff in your. Like, yeah, you put an X and everything else. That's why, like, they, like, every article, they, they always managed to say it was in her handwriting. So she had to know something because all the axes or stuff was always next to all the people who were murdered. You had to know something. Something. <laughs> well, wait. The battered wind, uh, woman syndrome. Now, does that have something to do, like, you know how when you, like, there's so many cases, and I can't think of the specific names, but you know how there's so many cases where when, like, you are treated a certain way, you eventually learn to um, to that situation, you yeah. Some so maybe like, if he told her to write the names see, or something what, like, like that, some, maybe some people stop at the. But then she did the quilt, too, and like she wasn't wondering why. But I'm, maybe she's the type of person like she does a lot of sewing and knitting and yeah, stuff like that. I That's the only way she could cope with. Yeah, because like because yeah, none of the things that I saw they said like, like I'm not. I know like she personally didn't kill him because they ne nothing I read. Said like she went out and was like shooting. Right. But yeah, some people. I mean, it's still it's say, like, still she, no excuse. Like yeah, she played part of it, and I'm not trying like, to give her a sympathy to situation that she just went along with it. Yeah. Well, to think like back in this day too, like you never were allowed to go against the man. 
like yeah, but what all, he said. But all the go. murders, all the murders started in the late eighties because they were already elderly at this point. But even at that time, like, like my well, personally, like my family, how like they were raised, even the eighties, what the man says is how it goes. I'm not that way. But, late, like, but at that point, she's just elderly. You know, she's she's her, just old and over it I in her sixties or seventies. She's in her late sixties, I believe. Yeah. So she was just like, you know, I've already been married for so long. I just gotta just go with it. it. Right. Well, <laughs> either way, no, I like, mean, yeah, if enough. she was in that situation where she didn't understand how to cope with it or anything like that. Yeah, because there wasn't. Sorry, really, there I, heard, I go again. I went through like a lot of stuff. There just wasn't like enough information about. Right. I mean, it sucks, but there's there's really no excuse. But I guess women back then really didn't know how to like stand up for themselves. They do now. Um, so the murders took place between 1986 and 1989. Faye's trial was first, and she was found guilty. It took the jury two and a half hours to find her guilty and three hours to sentence her to death. Well, damn. Okay, the two and a half hours to find guilty, I can kind of see that. You know what I mean? Because there's a oh, if and if there. I forgot that. But on the same top of it, they're like three. There I go again. I'm so sorry. Three hours, like, just kill the bitch? <laughs> 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 I thought they were like two and a half hours. <laughs> we're like, yeah, I was guilty. And then like three more hours, we're like, she's so guilty. Off with the head. Yeah, they were speeding up her death, even though there's other bad people that's been on death for they were like, years. like, you got issues, too. You got to go with your sixty-something-year-old ass. But I forgot. To, I forgot to put it in here. I find it. And one of the things that I saw, they called Ray and was basically saying like they didn't. While she was in jail, I believe so. Like they didn't oh, find. Bitch, didn't like, they, they didn't, didn't find they get anything. The I'm not sure. Like oh. they didn't find. They didn't find anything on the farm because one of the parts they were searching on one of the farms. Um, they didn't find anything. So if she's saying that, like she knows something, and now and that came into play, and I think that's what kind of went with the conviction. So I'm gonna say that that had something to do with the recordings in '86 because I'm not trying to be funny right now, but when did the O the OJ trial come about? And like that was the '90s. In the '90s, yeah. Well, this is the late '80s. Maybe they started it. Oh, see, now I gotta Google this to see when they did things like but that. I know, like, um, if I remember, they had to find out like, something. Ray, Ray was trying to get her on a because they were trying to get her on a lighter sentence to like turn over, but she like kept on saying, like, I didn't do anything, I didn't do anything. And then they're like, okay, well, <clears> boom. But I know Ray was trying to get her at a lighter sentence and he was trying to make a plea deal, but then his lawyer, I believe, changed. For some reason, and they're like, "Sorry, you didn't go through." Oh damn! Yeah. At least I hope this is the story because I was like, "For <laughs> <laughs> else, I just like I went to a whole completely different story." And I just after I said, I was like, "Well, wait a minute! I worked on two other stories that I scrapped today." <laughs> and I'm getting confused. 
Oh no. Listen, this is so as you guys are here how we are working like overtime, overloading ourselves, trying to find stories for you. Our stories just combine into one. Like, but this is what like you should really because like when they if you won't find one that has a lot of influence, it's just very interesting. Yeah. Well like I don't know what, what stories. I am so sorry if you guys hear my phone going off in the background. I, I really should put it on silent. Whenever we go to a break, I'll do that so you don't have to keep hearing that. But like when you do your stories, you I don't know about what's happening, what's going on or anything like that. Like, I don't know what these people look like until you send me pictures. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't know anything about these stories, so that's why I love it the most. Unfortunately, when I try to do my stories, you're like, oh, yeah, I know that story. And I'm like, damn it. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I got a good one. What's it about? Oh, it's about that. Da, da. Yeah, I know that one. Damn it. Because <laughs> I really be trying to, like, get you how you be getting me. Because sometimes these stories be, like, really having me, like, oh, my fucking God. <laughs> but I love it, though. So... I will definitely have to look into this story because I really need to like have like all the juicy little details to it because we try to like not go into a lot of details on certain things basically because like it's it's just like too gory and you know things like that so we kind of try to stay straight from that but I I definitely want to look into the story. Do we have pictures for this one? Yes. I mean, I ask that, like, I upload this shit on a daily basis, like, we're, like, forced fucking episodes behind. It's, it is my fault, I mean, but, um, yeah, it takes some time. You guys just don't know. Um, <laughs> where are we at? Oh, Ray was also found guilty and also received the death penalty. At the time, they made history becoming the oldest couple. Given the death sentence, however, they were never actually executed. Well, they were old. I mean, I mean Ray, I, I kind of had no sympathy for but poor Faye, if she was, like, you know, part of the yeah, batter some, syndrome. Some, not every article. But Maybe she had a rough life growing up. Some articles that came across this and, like, well, There you go. <laughs> um, not saying all assholes are bad, but, you know, like, um, Ray suffered from a degenerative, uh, yeah, what she said, brain disease. So they didn't think he would live long enough to be executed. He died October 19th. Holy shit, 1993. That's uh, that's around my Nina's birthday. Um, on death row, and I was alive at that time. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Um, at the age of 78, also, oh, he didn't really make it that long. He died kind of young. Um, Faye would have her sentence changed to life in prison. And in 2002, she suffered a stroke and became partially paralyzed and unable to speak. So, real quick, um, when you're in prison and say this, like this happens, you have a stroke in prison and you become paralyzed and unable to speak, things like that. Do they still keep you in a prison or do they put you in like a, I think a hospital? Like, her, like they, they couldn't care for her. So that's why they, they put her like in a nursing home. Yeah, she ended up going to a nursing home. Okay. 
uh, I, I was always wondering, like, what happens to people like that? If they had, like, a special prison for people like that, if they put them in an actual nursing home with the family, Jews, the family, like, how did they do that? She had, yeah, she had, they had, um, they said, like, she was a grandma, like, so she had kids and grandkids. Yeah, but I don't know if I could put my Nina, if I could take care of my Nina, if she killed people. <laughs> I love you, lady, but, yeah, I can't support you, like, um, so I love you. <laughs> Just so you know. Um, she was released to a nurse. Oh, it says right here. And she, she was released to a nursing home on medical parole after her stroke. And she died in 2003, December of 2003. I really should be ahead of time before I start asking these questions. <laughs> so that story was fucking crazy. Um, like hella crazy. Man, that was good. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna take a little break and then we'll jump into the other stories. Okay, so now we're back. Um, we're gonna give you you said two two little crime stories, and then we're just gonna call it for you know call it a night because it's a uh, Almost 1230 and I got to be up at five. I'm tired. <laughs> um, so this one takes place in Texas on December 5th, 2016. Ross, I think it's LeBeau. LeBeau? Sorry. Uh, was charged with possessing someone. What? Possessing somewhere between a half a pound to a pound of meth. Oh my God, do I even want to know where this story is going to go? Yeah. <laughs> like, concentrate on this one. Um, after two failed tests, field, came, test. field tests, I'm sorry, had came back showing it was meth. He was originally pulled over because he failed to use a turn signal. No fucking blinkers. That's what's going to get me one these days. I don't use my blinkers. I'm just like, whoop. <laughs> Wait, unless there's a car behind me and then I will use my blinkers. But um, <clears throat> after he was pulled over, the cops asked if they could search the car. Ross had no problem with that and wasn't worried. The deputies located a sock which contains some some sort of sub, substance in it. Ross said, <clears throat> "Sorry, Ross said he didn't know what was inside of the sock." They performed two field tests and on the substance, and it showed it was meth. Well, um, so please test in the back of the cars are not always accurate no matter what because they're it's literally sitting in the trunk they're, they keep the test kits inside the trunk so without like like with the heat and everything else it always it, it never comes back accurate um i know somebody personally that had to go through this and yeah it backfired so bad on the cop like <laughs> so they they did too. So, <laughs> um, they thought they had the biggest bust of the year, and the sheriff's office released his mugshot. With many have kept our children and loved ones free from being introduced to drugs, or 
Oh, I'm sorry. It said the sheriff's office releases mugshot with the statement of may have kept our children and loved ones free from being introduced to drugs. Mm -hmm. um, Ross was jailed for three days and then re was later released on a $50,000 bond. The case would have later been dismissed because he didn't actually have meth in the sock. It was kitty litter. There we go. What did I just say? <laughs> Is that a like? What? Okay, I gotta read this explanation. Is that a like kitty litter in the sock? Deserve the moisture so that the windows didn't fog up. Wait a minute. I thought that was kind of smart. Uh, yeah. Seeing how I drive a hoopty, okay? I don't drive no like bins and shit. I drive a hoopty. Let me find out that that's something that works because I will take our cat litter out of the fucking box or not like the cat litter box, but you know, like the you know the big ass box thing that we buy. I will put that shit in like a thingy to like absorb the moisture because you know my yeah, moisture I, wipers I, aren't the best. I, I know that's a good idea. Look at pops. Um, Ross said that he wants to see authorities use fewer and inexpensive mass-produced drug tests. I got to that. A lot of people plead guilty to these crimes because they can't afford to be bailed out. He didn't blame the officers for doing their job. Yeah, because his bond was $1,000. Yeah, because, I mean, it was meth, and yeah, they probably like, found, like, how big it was. Yeah, but wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. How stupid are these cops that they looked at the fucking cat litter and said this is meth? I don't know. Like, I'm sorry. Have you not looked at meth? Like, you're in the, like, I don't know what meth looks like. I but know. I guarantee you, it don't look like fucking cat litter. I mean, does it? Like <laughs> There's different types of cat litter, so maybe they were using, like, Um, so our next little story takes place in Utah. This one is, uh, says in March, 2021, 30 year old Richard Pratt. Yeah. Uh, Hilbert, Hilbert, Hilbert. Hilbert. We're just going to call him Richard. <laughs> um, <laughs> some, ooh, little Caesar's pizza is not right right now. Uh, so yeah. So Richard wanted some Little Caesars pizza, but it was bad because there was a long line. I'm sorry, isn't there like multiple Little Caesars everywhere? Unless you live in like the deep, deep, deep country. But he called in order for this. Oh, okay. So Richard waited a few minutes. Listen, I've been there and I've done that. I've shown my ass to so many places because <laughs> of stuff like this. Um... He waited a few minutes and was done. He walked behind the car. And says, is this me? He went behind the counter. I just swear to God, this is me. He went behind the counter and took two pepperoni pizzas and two breadsticks and left. When leaving, he said, I'm helping myself. Oh my God, it is me. I'm Richard. <laughs> The cashier told the manager, and then the cashier locked himself themselves in the bathroom and they called 918. What? Yeah. The thing is, it's like they left. If he already left, why would you lock yourself in the bathroom? Like, 
So like, like you're the manager. You left your employees out there to get robbed, shot, or whatever because of whatever. Did you take all your employees and lock all, no, all of them in the bathroom? No, the manager didn't. The cashier locked themselves in the bathroom. The manager, she told, the cashier told, I don't know if this girl was, the cashier told the manager, the manager ends up going after the person. Cashier oh, was like, okay, okay. I'm scared. I'm going to call my woman and lock in the bathroom in case he comes back and wants to go pow pow or something. But I'm like, he, but she got his food yeah. and left, and he wanted money or pow pow. Like, you could have done it when he first like, logged in. I don't know why they did it. They just did <laughs> Um. Then the manager went after Richard, and Richard allegedly threatened to slit the manager's throat. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, you went too far, Richard. Um. I mean, I, at least I would have been like, bitch, I'll whoop your ass, I think, but I wouldn't be like, I'll slit your throat. Like, just wanted his pizza, man. Just give that man his pizza. <laughs> when you hangry, you hangry. <laughs> I've been there. Um, so the manager, manager said if he kept threatening her that she was gonna call the police. That's when Richard took off his took off in his father's car. Some police officers passed his car and turned around and chased him. Richard was driving 70 miles per hour in a parking lot. Oh my God! And 70 miles per hour in a fucking parking lot? Regardless if it's at a mall, a dollar store, whatever. 70 miles? How do you even get that fast? I was imagining there was Or what are those things that like, you when you park and it stops your cars from like, you know what I'm saying? What are those things? I don't know, like those little concrete things, like when you pull up and it tells you, like, hey, went too far. Like those things, like, did they not have any of those in the small parking lot? Like 70 miles? Like, I, I could picture like 40, 50. 70 is pushing it. Um, sorry. <laughs> Richard jumped. Uh, he had jumped a curb and Continue. continued <laughs> with his fleet. I wonder if he was eating a piece of pizza at the same time he was doing this. Like, probably not. Try. Uh, I don't know, bro. Every time we go and get fucking food and we go and pick it up, like, are we not munching down on that fucking bread? It's like, as soon as you smell that bread, it's like, yes, open that box. <laughs> um, sorry, my fatness is coming out right now. I'm hungry. <laughs> Uh, so when the chase was getting dangerous, one of the cop, one of the cops shut off his lights and his siren. And just as one cop lost sight, another one saw Richard fly by. Richard saw the cop and allegedly gave the middle finger. Okay, Richard. <laughs> I mean, I know he's bad because he made it cry, but I'm feeling Richard right now. <laughs> he's like, I just want my fucking pizza, man. Gotta eat when we get done. <laughs> Should have given me the story. Um, so he gave him the middle finger, and then all the officers had to stop chasing him because of how fast he was driving. Which, of course, that's I know certain laws about uh motorcycles in the state of Florida. I will not say on this podcast right now, but I do know certain laws about cops and motorcycles. Um, 
So they were eventually able to stop and they arrested Richard. While searching the vehicle, they found meth. Oh my God, well, that explains it all. Damn it, Richard, I was on your side until that. They found meth and a glass pipe. Um, police asked why he fled in music because he was upset about how the police were called a week or so ago and decided to flee from police in an attempt to get an arrest. What? His parents called the cops on him like one to two weeks prior and he was upset how the cops handled the situation. And oh, so that, oh, you're a meth head, Richard. So now he wanted. So now he wanted to do something where he could get arrested. That's why he don't do drug kids. That's why he. Um. So yeah, his parents didn't feel safe with him in the house, and because they believe he was suffering from drug-induced psychosis, mental psychosis, <laughs> and a combination of both. Richard was charged with multiple charges. And he you know what? I really thought that Richard was just like a hangry person and I was like all on his side until I found out homie's got like a drug problem. And I was like, you know what? You deserved it, Richard. Like Yeah, I wasn't gonna say anything to you guys. Today. I was just gonna let you ride, ride with it. Like I'm like Yes, I'm so angry. I need some food up. I don't even blame you, Richard. And then it's like, oh, you a meth head. I mean, I'm sorry, Richard, but you are. Like, you had meth and the glass pipe on you. Like, don't, don't, don't say no offense, but um, hopefully you get yourself fixed. Like, food is really important. Like, you see how hard you went with food? Imagine doing that not on meth. <laughs> I'm just saying, there's times, I mean, multiple times of the week. I, even though my house is stocked for food, I'm still like, I'm so hungry right now. I would go raw McDonald's, Taco Bell, KFC, whatever, and I wouldn't even rob them for their money. I'd just be like, give me one of everything on your fucking menu. Like, I love food. She would hypothetically do this. Hypothetically, I really wouldn't do this. Like, I have food in my house. Like, I got you. <laughs> hungry. We gotta end this podcast. Okay. <laughs> so, we're gonna end this now. My fat ass is gonna go get something to eat. Um, Cause that story done made me hungry. He's talking about little Caesars, and he's like, "Give me my motherfucking food, cause it's fine." Yes, cool. I feel you. Um, so we hope that you enjoyed our little episode. Um, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Spooks and Crying Podcast. Follow us on Facebook at Spooks and Crying Podcast. Um, also Spooks and Crimes. We have two different pages. Email us if you have any personal stories, feedbacks, um, or requests for anything. Anything like that, you can email us at spooksandcrimes at gmail, spooksandcrimespodcast at gmail.com. Um, is there anything else? Oh, wait, wait, wait. We got a new state for our listeners. Illinois. We got Illinois now. So thank you, Illinois, for listening. And we appreciate it. 
all of them, oh my God, all of them, except for the people that's not listening out of state, like out of earth. Like, I don't understand why we don't have any listeners outside this earth. Like, <laughs> I just find that so funny that they put like the other planets and it shows like out of all the planets, Earth is the only one listening to you. What? What are you talking about? Why don't we have other listeners on other planets? Damn it, Saturn. <laughs> oh no. All right. I gotta go get me some food. I hope you guys enjoyed this little episode. And we'll see you again for episode number 20. Yes. Oh my God, episode 20. Okay, we gotta make this one special. Um, well, it'll be special for us. I don't know if it's going to be special for you guys, but thank you for everybody listening and we hope you guys enjoy. Bye.